Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. All right, so have you ever been in a Starbucks and somebody's ordered an upside-down caramel macchiato? It's, I guess, a variation on the classic recipe, if you will. In this version, essentially what you're asking the barista to do is to make the drink in reverse. So instead of adding the espresso and milk and everything and then finishing it up with um, caramel on the top or vanilla syrup, etc., they actually start with a caramel sauce on the bottom of the cup and then add espresso, milk, ice, everything else, and then finish it off with the vanilla syrup. Um, what I'm told, I'm not a super fan of super sweet drinks, um, but this creates a stronger flavor. So it makes it more visually appealing as well because then you have all the fun caramel at the bottom. Um, and so then, of course, you see people taking their straw and whipping it up or sucking up the, the sweet stuff at the bottom, right? The sweet stuff's always at the bottom for some reason, or at least it makes it, its way down to the bottom. And I know, ironically, I was thinking about this the other day, like upside down drinks and Man, so it's still an upside-down world, isn't it? I, you know, COVID is like, meh, it's not really much of a thing anymore. It's sort of, you know, folded into what the flu is, the cold, all those f- disgusting viruses we have to deal with every year anyway. And yet the world did not, we didn't, I knew it wouldn't go back because I don't think there's ever going back when something happens. Just, you know, you can't step in the same river twice type of thing, right? Oh, Pocahontas, colors of the wind. Anyway, um, but it's true, and the world is still very upside down, and it can be very overwhelming when you think about everything that's still going on out there. And what I always try to tell people that I coach and mentor and, um, you know, my team that I lead, what you can't fix everything out there. You you have no control over what goes on everything out there. So what do you have control over? Uh, but what's interesting to me is that when you start thinking about it as a leader, like, okay, what do I have control over? What do I want to influence? How do I want to impact? Um, which is the most important thing that we can do as leaders. I was thinking about um, how, you know, just the work environment, the workplace. And, and I think a lot of things start with the culture that you create at work, that leaders create at work, right? Because it does start there. And um, you know how doctors take a, a Hippocratic Oath, and it's it's a, like more or less a moral code of ethics uh, that you will not do harm but heal, right? And I think it's named after the Greek physician Hippocrates, or if I was Bill or Ted, Hippocrates. Uh, companies and leaders, however, seem to take a hypocritic oath. Very hypocritical in a lot of ways. I, I think I look around and I think about this in workplaces and even school boards. I mean, anywhere. 
it's just people, there tends to be a lot of do as I say, not as I do. And ironically, isn't that what we teach our kids not to do? Or actually, a lot of parents do. And it's the worst example ever. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, Hi, you're role modeling bad behavior, mom or dad. Of course, I'm going to think that's okay because you think it's okay. But what it doesn't stop. We get out in the workplace and it's happening just as much. So I think we have a lot of hypocrisy. Ergo, apparently we have a hypocritic oath in a lot of work environments out there. And that makes me very sad. Let me give you examples because you're like, what are you talking about? Um, do as I say, not as I do. Or leaders do one thing, don't walk the talk. All right, bear with me. Here's some examples I was thinking of. So if we are as human beings, it's been proven scientifically that we are unable, literally unable to multitask, yet we force workers to multitask. We ask them to be in five places at once all the time and to juggle multiple projects, tasks, things they need to do at all times, and then we reward when people do juggle a million things at one time. Oh my gosh, they are a workhorse. Oh my gosh, they have such a high capacity. They get so much done because they're doing 50 things at once. When in reality, I think we all know that it's not possible to do a lot of things all at once at all. And you definitely cannot do all those things all at once well. It's just not possible. We're not built that way. We weren't created that way. But yet somehow we still try to make people do it. All right, there's one example. Another example. In this day and age, if everyone can be an influencer, and I will like translate that into work terms, we always say everyone is a leader. And I do believe that. I believe that leadership is not a position or boxes on a flow chart. It's about behavior. So if we believe that, then why do traditional media companies even uh, award and reward people based on titles? They only seem to want to talk to the people with the fancy titles. They only seem to want to reward and do profiles in magazines of people who have fancy titles. And same thing inside of companies. If everyone's a leader, then why do you promote somebody up up upward in a very awful vertical fashion when they're doing a good job and you're basically reinforcing that oh well yeah that's that's okay what you're doing but you're not really a leader until we give you a title of a leader anyway totally hippocratic oath see in are you with me is everyone still there all right another one is if we're so worried especially nowadays we're so worried about germs and spreading illness then why do we create a workplace where people feel like they have to come to work sick, where they don't either have enough sick days or they don't get sick pay at all and they have to feed their families? Or even worse, they do, but yet they still feel bad if they're at home sick and they're not at work working. So then they come to work sick, infect everybody else around them, um, and don't do, and they're not their best selves. None of us are our best selves when we're not feeling well. Uh, why don't we like literally and I know some leaders do okay let me be fair I'm certainly one of those leaders are you sniffling you're not feeling well get out of this place seriously but like the fact that people feel the need to even come to work sick that to me says wow what's up with your culture right and it just what it what it makes no sense another thing is companies a lot of companies and and again you know organizations out there um academia, all kinds of words, they 
they push us to work longer days. They push you to work more and more and more output is rewarded and yet also talk about well-being and balance. Okay, well, to quote the Princess Bride, that word, inconceivable, I don't think you know what that mean. That word means. You know, it just doesn't. Anyway, I'm totally butchering that one, but you guys get the point. I, um, I used to work on a team a while ago, and there was a manager on the team who very much um, was all about maintaining balance. And here's my work life and this is my personal life and put a lot of boundaries in place. And people used to talk so much smack about them behind their backs because it was like, oh, well, you're too good to work late or you're too good or wow, okay. And it's like, oh my gosh, I used to be like, I want to be like you. Good for you for having the courage to set boundaries and not care what people think and to have a life. But the sad reality is it probably did for a while keep them from moving up the ladder and it shouldn't. So you're going to reward people who like kill themselves and make themselves sick of work. Then what kind of example are you setting and what kind of workplace are you really an environment you're creating? It's not healthy. All right, here's a couple more. If working remote from home, especially as people have proven it for at least a couple of years, and that work really technically, a lot of people's work, not everybody's, I get it, could be done from anywhere. But then why do people insist on sending workers back to an office? What is the purpose? What is the point of that? And people are throwing out all kinds of reasons out there these days. Oh, it's better collaboration. I, I Okay, if you feel like you need physical collaboration, but if you primarily sit at a computer all day long and people are on Zoom, there are ways to collaborate. It's just maybe not a comfortable way that you know of historically. But even more important, why why do people cook it up in their heads what they think is best for everybody else? Why not lean into a worker's best environment that they produce in as opposed to, oh, what's equitable for everyone else? Or, well, let's make a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. People aren't one-size-fits-all. I don't care what Walmart says on their tags and their shirts. It's not true. It doesn't happen. Come on now. All right. Here's another one. Teamwork is constantly preached, right, in most companies. Work as a team. Collaboration. One team, one dream. Teamwork makes the dream work. You know, all, all the funny poster sayings. Yet someone, an individual, goes rogue and comes up with an idea or steals somebody else's idea and steps on 50 people to go get their idea in front of the right people, and they're rewarded. That seems pretty hypocritic to me. And then when you start seeing that being rewarded, even leaders, I I see this all the time, leaders taking credit for their own team's work or another team's work and then not giving credit where credit's due, and then that person's applauded and rewarded. Okay, people might say, well, how would that leader know that they're doing that? We'll find out. Ask the right questions. Seek to seek to understand. Don't just take that person's word for it and don't even necessarily always take that leader's word for it. If you're a leader that's in the trenches with your people, as most leaders should be, and I'm not saying micromanage. No, don't mistake what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you should know what's going on. You should know what that person and how that person's coming up with things and where things are going. And you should reward them you should ask hey well what other team members helped you with this what other teams were involved with this you know oh, I'd love to talk more about that get the team in a room so reward team behavior not individual bad behavior 
Because guess what? Then you beget that kind of behavior. Then you wonder why everybody internally keeps gets very tor- territorial, keeps things close to them, and everybody runs, you know, to try to have the best ideas. It's like, oh, I just throw up when I see that. Anyway, a couple more examples. All right. If the only way really is like to really truly innovate and come up with like new and transformational different ideas is to often you have to really carve out the time to do so. I mean, if you look at all of the different CEOs and, you know, people like okay, Steve Jobs, you know, rest in peace, but they would carve out thinking time and time to just think and research and play and write and get a wipe off board or a journal or whatever that it looks like for you, whatever your creative process is. But you got to like get away from the distractions to really give that time to. Now, if that really, we want people to be innovative and transformative and come up with new ideas, then why are our days filled with just busy work and day-to-day tasks and meetings and meetings and constantly reacting to everybody around us? We're not carving out the time to actually allow ourselves to be inspired. Go out, get out of the office, go out into a, if you're inspired by nature, go get inspired by nature. Go sit on a beach, go somewhere that's going to help you trigger all those creative juices and get them flowing. We don't set our teams up for that. We just want them, hey, come up with a good idea. Come up with something new. Ready? Go. But hey, you've got back-to-back meetings for 12 hours a day and I need you to constantly respond to email and this and blah, 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 blah. Well, then all you're going to do is get the menial work out of me, the day-to-day work out of me, and never get something probably new, transformative, and thoughtful. So frustrating. All right. And I'll say the last one is, again, adding to our hypocritic oath here, is if we encourage people to take time off, like, and I know a lot of great leaders that do this. It's like, take time off. It's all good. Don't worry. We got your back. That's what good leaders do, right? That's what you should do. But yet, and then unplug, don't connect, please. But then the same leaders, I know they're well-intended. I really do because I know some of these. And by the way, I'm one of these, so I can talk about this, is then we connect an email or we pay attention to what's going on and we don't fully disconnect. So then what kind of message does that send your team? Send your team the message that, oh, well, I better not fully disconnect too because my leader doesn't feel like they can. And then if I do, what kind of thing is that saying? So then you're perpetuating the fact that people will never feel like they can truly, truly step away, unplug, which is so critical for our sanity, for our health, for our well-being, to have those times where you do just completely step away and unplug from your work. We have got to walk the talk with that one. We have got to be better about that and set the example. Because not only are you not, you're not giving your teams permission to say, hey, yes, go take a break. You're also not telling, you're telling them you don't trust them. You're saying, I don't really trust you enough to have everything taken care of or to be able to step step in and cover the stuff that I do or another team member does. So I better check up on you. It just erodes trust when you do that. And it also shows that you're very insecure. Oh no, if the place can operate without me, then they're going to get rid of me. If the place can operate without you, that's called a good team. That's called normal. That's called, wow, stop being ethnocentric and the center of the universe revolves around you. If I left my job tomorrow, yes, they will replace me. And we need to not be stressed by that statement. We need to all recognize that yeah, but if, if I left tomorrow, I could go do something else, right? 
I know easier said than done, but that's the truth of it. So don't be so insecure that you don't feel like you could step away. Oh, no, that one thing will happen, and then they'll all curse my name while I'm gone. Well, let them. Let them. That's, that's stupid if they do, and that's not cool, and that's not being a team member. You do the best you can to set people up for success before you head out the door. But chances are, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to have to figure something out. It's going to be okay, I promise. Anyway, those are my Hippocratic, hypocritic, sorry, hypocritic hypocrisy, you get it, um, oath of what I, just a few things that I see companies unfortunately doing that to me are just so backwards. And I think that as leaders, it is time to create our own Hippocratic oath to help not to harm. And we've got to start doing these things that are just, they go against what we're really trying to accomplish and and start, and start walking the talk and aligning our values with our actions. It's so important. All right. So sips to make your workplace upside down. And remember, this is the macchiato. We want the sweet stuff. We want the good stuff. We want this kind of version of upside down. So sip one. First, you need to determine your values as a leader and what kind of workplace and environment you want to cultivate. Now, this should be what holds everything else that you're going to pour into it. So if we were making a drink, I would say this is probably the cup. And you probably want a trained type of workplace. Yeah, we want a big, good, thriving workplace, right? Something very sturdy, something that you can always come back to. No matter what you can fill it up with in there, you know you have a good, strong foundation that's not going to leak anything. It's not going to spill. It's not. It's going to hold all the goodness that you're going to pour into it, which is leading us into our second sip. So you pour the sweet stuff in first, right? Mm, make that caramel, caramel macchiato, pour the syrup in at the bottom. And you want the sweet stuff first because this is your foundation of everything else that comes. This is where you need to set, what are your values? This is where you set your team agreements. Agreements like, we're not going to be connected on vacation and we're all going to take that oath together. We are all going to you know, carve out time every single week where we can be creative and do something inspirational and blah, blah, blah. We are going to truly, you know, take good ideas and we're not going to use I, we're going to use we. Every idea is that we come up with, it doesn't matter whose idea it is, it's about the we, not not the me. If you're going to, if you can lean into flexibility, like these are just some of the value things. Taking some of the stuff that I mentioned that tend to be the hypocritic oath and make them hippocratic how can you turn those on a dime and say these are the things we're going to do to run our team this is how we're going to thrive and by the way get your people involved with that I'm sure there's a litany of things we could sit here all day long and go through like what what do you really value as a team how are we going to work together how are we going to make decisions together how are we going to operate together but that's that's the sweet stuff then you can pour all the other things in Espresso comes, the milk comes, a little vanilla syrup, all that. Making a great drink. But truly, sip three, that drink is not going to be good unless you're walking the talk. So you better be willing to drink your own drink. So don't start pouring like Worcestershire sauce and ranch dressing in that caramel macchiato drink because oh, then you're going to ruin the whole drink. You could even like put a little bit of just one seasoning that can completely ruin the beautiful drink that you are trying to make. So don't be that. 
Be the topic. Be the mm, vanilla syrup. Oh, I'm going to be a little cinnamon on top. I'm going to be something that's only going to enhance the drink because you got to walk the talk or it's not going to work. So like any good caramel macchiato, we need to start making workplace culture upside down. Let's start getting that sweet stuff in first Be the and let it be the base of really, truly how we build our teams from the bottom up. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.